It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is, is the Go Birds Podcast. podcast presented by parks sportsbook and casino shout out to long friend time friend ellie we actually got the name right this time thank you for the new intro song rolls off the tongue you know i mean just just rolls off the tongue very easy hard to get wrong no but uh i was messaging i was messaging with the guys uh and they thought it was funny. So no harm, no foul. But I am happy yeah. we got it correct this time. As, as long as they're cool with it, I'm cool with it. We definitely uh, butchered it. Yes. It's a, a great way to intro a new song. But we are uh, super excited to have those guys on board and obviously really, really appreciate the song. All right, Elliot, we have so much to get into today. Coming up, we're going to get into a 53-man roster prediction. As that is happening on Saturday. Like We're there, and we'll be on the air 1-3 to three on WIP for that. So check us out. We'll talk about that later as well. But... Um, some news to get to before we get there. Um, you were down at practice today. Um, injuries. Uh, it seems like there's actually a, a, a relatively significant injury among the group. Well, it is another day in Eagles land. So, of course. Unbelievable, man. It's yeah. unbelievable. It really is. I mean, and what we can talk about it after get through the injuries. So, But I, I have some thoughts about it. Um, so, yeah, please. I, so today I we're down to there, and it was probably – probably the last day they're going to practice before final cuts because Thursday is when they would have played a game. I don't believe they're going to practice. And I doubt they practice on Friday when they start the process of making the cuts. I mean, they have to be out Saturday by four. So this is probably the last chance they had to practice today. Um, and a bunch of obviously new additions to the injury report. Uh, Will Parks week to week with a lower body injury. Um, I was told it's a hamstring. We'll see how long he's out. The fact they're called, Calling it week to week, I think, is very noteworthy. The Eagles, when they call something week to week, that means like a long time. I mean, Lane Johnson's been out nine straight practices, and his is still day to day. So the fact they're <laughs> so the fact they're calling it week to week is it's bad, right? So uh, he he's going to be out for a while, and Will was going to play a big role on this defense. He was kind of their heavy nickel. Uh, he was getting, I mean, he was lining up as like nickel linebacker safety, like he was kind of in that Malcolm Jenkins type role 
along with Jalen Mills. So he was going to play a lot. Not having him, you know, I think it changes their game plan more than it makes like an impact on how good their defense is going to be. I don't know what you were going to get out of Will Parks this year, but I do think that uh, not having him, they're going to have to, you know, do different things now with their personnel. Yeah, it's not ideal. Look, they brought him in for a reason. Um, maybe we'll see a little more Kavon Wallace. I know people are excited about the potential for him to make an impact. But look, I think it just and, – and we'll get some other ones, but, uh, you know, it's just another guy who is going to play meaningful minutes for this team isn't going to be ready to start the season. And those start to pile up. Uh, a couple more injuries today, and then we'll talk about the injuries in a macro sense. But uh, Avante Maddox, Quez Watkins – Lane yet again, Carson not out there again. Anything to worry about with those four? Yeah, I would be worried about all four of them. I oh, mean, Carson. Great. <laughs> Terrific. Elliot, that is exactly what everyone wants here, so thank you. Car- Carson, the least of them, I would say, obviously. Okay, well, well, that, ha- sigh of relief with that one, or at yeah. least a, some a half sigh of relief, we'll say. But he's missed three straight practices now. Um, it really comes down to who's going to be out there next Wednesday when they start the actual, like, week of work for Washington. I know they're kind of working on it now uh, as they do with any week one opponent for towards the end of the preseason. But uh, Wednesday is when they're really going to start like implementing their game plan. So whoever's out there next Wednesday, that'll be an indication of like how injured these guys really are. But Lane Johnson now nine straight missed practices. Like nine. I, I almost want to like stand on broad street with a sign and be like, why is nobody paying attention to this? Like everyone's talking about Andre Dillard, obviously being out now, Jason Peters, all that stuff. Like the team's starting right guard has missed nine straight or sorry, starting right tackle has missed nine straight practices. I don't think this is good. Like, I think he plays week one, but I don't think he's going to be 100%. Um, Avante Maddox, day-to-day with lower body, he was out there at practice today. It wasn't doing anything, but he at least was present. Lane wasn't even out there. Um, I think he probably is ready for week one, but I'm a little more skeptical of that one. But honestly, I'm not sure there's a big drop-off from Avante to Rasul, which is who I think they would start. I don't think it would be Sydney. So... That I'm not really sure that it, it really matters whether it's Avante, whether Avante plays or not. But yeah, I think day to day lower body injury kind of up in the air. And then Quez Watkins is an interesting one because we were out there today on uh, today is Tuesday. Today's Wednesday. The week is just flying. Boom. By. Boom. Nailed it. Uh, t- today is Wednesday. We were out there Tuesday and Wednesday. He was practicing on Tuesday, not on Wednesday. So that's not a great sign after coming back, returning, and then leaving again. I'm starting to wonder, and we'll get into this with the 53, if maybe he's like a shady IR candidate. I don't know. Just Ooh, ca- that's an interesting thought. You know, we last show we did, we talked about keeping seven wide receivers versus right. running backs, whatever. That's a, that's an interesting thoughty. Yeah, so I think that that could be a possibility. But so so those are the most recent ones. Derek Barnett's still not practicing. Javon Hargrave's still not practicing. Um, and then obviously Andre Dillard. But yeah, I mean, it's just I remember last year we wouldn't really get into it as much, but it just like the general conversation was this Eagles medical staff is brutal. Guys are always hurt. Like they made changes to the medical staff in the off season. And it just is what it is. Like guys get hurt when they play football, right? Like there, it just is, it is what it is. So I, I don't, I don't think like the medical staff should have been blamed last year. I don't think they should be blamed this year. I just think guys, people get hurt when they play football. It's a physical sport. These guys didn't have a full off season. So it is crazy how many injuries there are uh, to the team. It seems like every day there's a new one. Uh, I'd have to look around the league to see if that's happening all over, but I would imagine not having OTs and mini camps is playing into that. Yeah, I think that last point is incredibly important, the idea of, of what's going on around the league. Are the Eagles an outlier or not? But I do and and have 
criticize the medical staff more than you, and I think that the medical staff has done a piss-poor job over the last few years. But this is a new medical staff, so it's hard to blame this new medical staff for these injuries. What I will say is that at a certain point, it goes from becoming happenstance, coincidence to a trend. And this Eagles team has had a lot of injuries over the last few years. And I don't know if it's the way they practice, if it's the way they get their bodies ready, if it's the type of conditioning they're doing or whatever. Uh, But I think at a certain point, it goes from football players just get hurt a lot to why does this team keep having so many injuries? And I'm not saying we're there quite yet, especially with a new medical staff, you know, where you want to give those guys a chance to, to figure it out, to know the players, all that type of stuff. And, and you hope, and also look, we're not seeing guys get hurt, then come back, then get hurt again with the same injury and all that. Like there are different things that you can look for, but I, I do think that ultimately it's starting to become a trend. And I think that is yeah, something but, we have to keep our eye on. Well, I, so I agree. It's a trend. I just don't know what you do. Like, I mean, they got to practice different. Maybe that's it. I mean, I do notice they're stretching different this year, but I personally yeah, that think kind that's of stuff. just because of like, social That kind of stuff. But I mean, maybe, but that kind of stuff, and maybe it, they haven't done it yet, but maybe it's the way they practice, the way they stretch, the way they condition, the type of, you know, whatever. I mean, I think there's a lot of factors that could go into it, but they're, if it keeps going on, like, again, if it keeps happening, then I think it's something you have to at least look at the the practices that they, not not actual practice, but their their practices that they use in you know to get guys ready to play. That there could be some sort of breakdown in those. Yeah, I agree. You look at it. I'm just skeptical they'll find an answer. I guess because I don't think fair. There, it, that's I don't think fair. there is an answer. You know, like like I just like I didn't think it was a medical staff last year. I agree. Like you, it is something you should constantly be looking at, right? For sure. I just you know. I think p- players are always going to get hurt, but but they are at a more rapid rate. It feels like on the Eagles, it just it does feel that way. I mean, the last three years feels like the biggest thing we talk about with this team all the time is injuries, and totally that is once again the case. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. And look, I'm with you. I think of all these injuries, the lane one uh, is the one that has gotten the least attention for being what could be a real thing. You know, again, nine straight practices, and I'm. I am willing to wait for week one. I'm willing to wait to see if they are, as we talked about, if it's just an abundance of caution with him, with Barnett, with a lot of these guys um, who haven't practiced pretty much at all, you know, for the for all intents and purposes, or very little. Uh, I'm willing to wait and reserve judgment and, and see if it's just an abundance of caution, but um, it's nerve-wracking, and I, I think the lame one deserves more talk. Um, all right, uh Quickly, uh, some news today uh, before we dive in. I want to get to Jason Peters before we do the 53-man. But um, we did get a little clarity on Washington and what they're going to be doing week one. Today we found out it will, in fact, be Dwayne Haskins week one versus uh, the Eagles. What do you think about uh, Haskins as opposed to not Alex Smith or or whatever else it could have been? Right. So, I mean, I do think that Alex Smith is going to win the first game he plays back. So from like a narrative perspective, I guess not getting Alex Smith is a good thing. But from just a physical standpoint at just like quarterbacking, I think Dwayne Haskins is a better quarterback right now than Alex Smith is. Alex Smith has not played in a long time. He's obviously coming back from a devastating leg injury. Dwayne Haskins played well last year versus the Eagles. Uh, in the game he played against him, 261 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. His pass rating was 121. He did have that fumble at the end, obviously, that ended the game. But, you know, he he played very well. I mean, he, he lit that secondary up. So 
I, I don't think it's a good thing. I think this Washington game, and it's crazy next week we'll be doing preview pods, but uh, I think that wa- the Washington game is a major trap game, as much as a week one game can be. I, <laughs> trap I, game week one. <laughs> I don't know if it's a can't lose or must win, as uh, our old buddy Jack Fritz would say, but um, – I think it's going to be a tight. I think it's going to be a tough game. I really do. Uh, both well, I think just that the. I mean, and it's all people are talking about, but their D line versus our O line alone is going to make it a, a a close game. I think. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be disastrous. But I mean, Dwayne Haskins, I do think though presents problems. Like we all saw Terry McLaurin last year light the light the secondary up. Darius Slay specifically had issues last year with McLaurin when he was matched up against him. Now it's just one game, right? Like I'm not going to put too much into it, but. Uh, that's just not not great. I mean, that the, the first game that you know where the Eagles are going to play with this cornerback that they traded a lot for and paid a lot for to be a shutdown guy. Like this is where you got to do it. Like this starts week one. You got to shut down Terry McLaurin. So um, we'll get into our predictions next week. But I, I think Dwayne Haskins is. Yeah, I think he'll present problems. He's mobile. He throws a nice deep ball. You've seen him play well against the Eagles. So again, not surprising, but uh, not not good overall yeah i'm not too concerned about dwayne haskins he did look good in that last game against the eagles there's no question but personally i'm not too concerned i'm far more concerned about chase young and ryan kerrigan and jonathan allen that whole group of guys but you know we'll get there but i'm feeling more confident in week one it seems than you are or it seems than a fair amount of eagles fans are out there but We'll save that for next week. All right. Ellie, no, is that, is that just, just out of curiosity really quick, is that just because you think Washington is that bad? Yeah. Yeah. I think okay. Washington's that bad. I think they're, I think they're a bottom five team in the NFL, like that type of, of bad team. And, and I also, I, I look, I think it's going to be a closer game than, than probably some do. I mean, look, the line is still six. It's actually gone up from five and a half to six, which. Yeah. It was six seems, and a half of parks last time. I yeah. Watched. I mean, that's six and a half. Exactly. It keeps going up. So, um, you know, I, I think that does say something, but look, lines have been wrong before, and we'll, we'll talk more about that later. But um, we'll get into it next week. But I, I'm more optimistic than some, but it's certainly not the gimme game that I think a lot of people thought when they saw the schedule and, and what we were expecting. Right. Um, all right. Before we get to the 53, uh, Jason Peters, look, we've already debated this. We don't need to go back and forth. Everyone knows where I stand. Everyone knows where you stand. But a couple things since we last spoke. Uh, first, uh, uh, Jeff McClain. Um, of course, who had the original you know, tweet that started this whole, or report that started this whole firestorm, uh, clearly turns out getting a little information from Jason Peters' camp as well as, uh, yeah. you, do you have the tweet in front of you? I don't, I don't, but. But I, essentially the idea is that, is that McLean uh, put out that, you know, re-Jason Peters in the left tackle position that, that, you know, they, that there's, they could figure out some way to use the base and add incentives or whatever, but that. We have to essentially remember that the Eagles cut Jason Peters' salary in 2012 when he had a non-football injury. Basically, the implication of the tweet is like, hey, they didn't pay me back then. They should pay me now, more or less. So first, I just want to say I was listening to the Midday Show earlier when you read this tweet and you said the re part and the camera got on you about it. So I appreciate your commitment to sticking with saying, Re the re yeah, the left tackle. Yeah, show the camera. I think everyone on the planet knew what re meant in that case. <laughs> all right. Uh, so no good. clarification needed, my friend. Um. All right. So the actual contents. Uh. Read the tweet. So, <laughs> <laughs> like again, this just 
I guess I should really just ask you because you're on the wrong side of this debate. But like, doesn't this just further prove that Jason Peters is doing the right thing? Like the no, the argument no, I heard. No, is, it, no, it, 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 okay. it, it him further proves that he doesn't realize that he's doing the wrong thing and he's still trying to fight for the wrong side of this. All right. So all I heard about like why Jason Pierce should just move to left tackle is come on, man, do it for the team. You've already made so much money. Like it's the right, th- million right dollars. thing to do. Like all it that, right? right? He had okay. a non-football well, okay. injury. Well, why should they have it... paid him for it? He, they kept him on the team. They could have, they could have voided his salary. They could okay. have got, they just cut his pay. They still did him a solid still. They took three and a, roughly three and a half million dollars from him. Right. Cause he was oh. injured off the field. A non-football so... injury. He's lucky okay. they didn't cut him. Okay, well, he's not lucky they didn't cut him. They didn't cut him. I know. Still they were really never going to cut him. I know. I know. Right. I know. Okay. But the but, point is, they're lucky he didn't void his whole salary. Like, they could have. Okay. But, but my point is, like, why is Jason Peters being, like, being told to just kind of, like, come on, man, take one for the team? But we're not debating was, this again. We're not debating we're not, this We're not. We're not. But my point no. is, this is this is another instance of, like, people just hundred million dollars, A hundred million dollars. All right. hundred million dollars. Hundred million dollars. That's okay. it. We're right. done talking. Uh, right. They they Wait, gave him a hundred million dollars. He's made a hundred million dollars off this team. We're good. Conversation do you over. Think, do you think when Jeffrey Lurie and the league like strike new deals with new partners and new contracts, they say like, you know what? We've already made a hundred million dollars. We've talked about this. Do you uh, like? Uh, the, uh, Again, this is a unique situation, man. Like we talked about Jalen Mills, a perfect example. If Jalen Mills has to move back to cornerback this year, are they, is it going to be like, oh, give me more money? No, he's going to move back to cornerback. But right. again, again, enough with that. Like Jason Pierce, you've already gotten so many concessions here. You're allowed to practice how you want. You don't have to do this. You tap out of games. You quit on Chip Kelly. There are a trillion different things. Like this, honestly, I, since we talked yesterday with this tweet, I have moved more, I've moved more towards the Joe DeCamera take of cut Jason Peters, which I still don't think they should do just because they can't afford to, but I would rather cut Jason Peters than pay him more money. That's and where I'm at. I've moved further to the side of like, Pro Jason Peters, go get your money. Well, so maybe we should. You can, you can, you can be wrong. You can yeah, be wrong. We'll, we'll uh, quickly, quick, yeah. Let let's move on quickly. Um, I think we could both agree that wherever we stand on this, Doug Peters' explanation about it was one of the most uh, absurd, insane justification attempts we've ever heard. Poor Doug. Like it's not yeah. his fault. He's in a spot where he is trying to defend, you know, not air public business out or private business out in public. And there's nothing you can do. But his rationale of saying we don't want to move Jason Peters from guard because we don't want to move players around on the line. But we're going to move the guy who's never played tackle from guard where he's played instead of moving the guy who's a Hall of Fame left tackle to left tackle was among the most absurd things I've ever heard in my life. It was asinine, Elliot. Yeah, it really kind of was like this is my optimistic view of it. Like that quote shows you why Doug Peterson is a great head coach. Ready? And let take on this journey. What come on this journey. A spin right here. Yeah, come on this journey with me, ready? First reason, it's cause the guy just is not a good liar. Like he's not. Like Doug likes to tell the truth. And so I think like his players appreciate that. And you could see that in the answer. Like you can tell I can read Doug lying from a mile away. Just because he just kind of rambles and just like says what he thinks he should say. Like the answer made absolutely no sense. It just made no sense. He's also not throwing Jason Peters under the bus. Um, you know, you could debate if he should or shouldn't do that. I do think at a certain point, like 
Jason Peters has a right to ask for more money, but if you're going to have the exercise that right to do so, then I also think you should have to deal with the fallout of it. And I don't think Doug should be sent out there to lie, especially when Jason has not spoken to the media, right? So I, I don't think it's fair that Doug has to go out there. It honestly reminded me of how during the process era and even with Colangelo and all that stuff, Brett Brown would have to go out there and talk about things that just like really had nothing to do with him. Like, you know, talking about Burnergate, talking about like tanking, all that stuff, right? So, I, and yes, Doug is involved in the way that he's the head coach, but this is really a Jason Peters, Jason Peters agent versus like Eagles front office thing. This is not a Doug thing. So yeah, his answer made absolutely no sense. I do think one way you could have spun it in a more logical way is if you weren't putting prior there, like if you were putting Driscoll there or Mylotta, you could say, okay, you know what? Like we think we want to get these guys to snaps at left tackle to develop them. They're young. We think we have promise. We think that they have promise, like all that stuff. But when you move the exact guy that has spent two years learning right guard, put him at left tackle and put the guy that spent 18 years playing left tackle at right guard, like, there's no explaining it. That's it's the worst possible explanation he could have given, and it just it just proves further that this is why Jason Peters is not playing. It's or not playing left tackle because of money. All right, and I'm with you. Um, quickly, because we got to get to the 53. We're already we we could just talk forever and keep this podcast under two hours. Um, yeah. Quickly, Jim Schwartz spoke today. Anything quickly interesting from it? Yeah. So the the, the one main takeaway I had from Jim Schwartz was his answer on Javon, on uh, God. He, he like he's done nothing. I can't remember his first name now. Javon, Javon Hargrave. Javon Hargrave. Yeah, um, was not good. He basically talked about oh, how great. not Terrific. having. <laughs> Poor James. I feel so bad when he sounds sad. <laughs> so um, bummed. Yeah. So <laughs> Hargrave basically he said that you know he did. He's not done anything all off season clearly because of COVID, and then he had the injury, so he hasn't done anything in training camp. He said that you know the first day of camp, he's like introducing himself to his teammates, whereas normally you've already, you know, had multiple practices together. Um, he said the fact he's coming into a new scheme, the fact that you know he is a bigger guy that's going to take some time, as with all defensive linemen, to get back into football shape. My read overall on the answer was like they're not expecting much out of Hargrave this year. Just that's how this year. This year, I mean, look, maybe like in week ten or eleven. Oh, come on, I thought you were implying like for the first couple weeks of the season. You're talking about like long term here. Well, we just saw it with Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. Like these guys take a long time to get into the year and to play at a high level. So I, I, I'm look. The Eagles internally maybe are more optimistic than like all year, but to me, I think like you know week seven, eight, nine is when they I start just to really hope. I hope you are wrong. I hope that that is a misinterpretation of what Schwartz was saying, or he's trying to be coy. I can only hope, Elliot. Well, he was that, trying to be coy. He wasn't doing a great job. That <laughs> sucks. That sucks. Easily... Well, maybe he was trying to be the opposite. My point being coy the other way, where he's like oh, okay. trying to say he's more hurt than he actually is to whatever. Regardless, not great. So, no. But with every day, I feel like I shave a, a, a half win off my total. By the time the season starts, I'm going to have him at a 4-1. Four four where are you three. at right now? Really quick. Just real quick. We'll make our official predictions next week, but like eight right now or so. Ooh, wow. Maybe seven. Like I'm, I'm somewhere between video. seven <laughs> seven to nine wins. You know, that's where I'm at right yeah. now. Like, and I don't know how I'll feel like when we make our official predictions next week, but this has not been a good week for, for positivity. I'm at, for I'm at eight right now for what yeah, it's worth. Well, it sounds about right. Um, yeah. All right, let's get into it as – we are just days away from finally finding out what the 53-man roster will look like. Quickly, 
there are changes to the the roster process this year, Elliot. How different is this year from normal years in terms of roster construction, practice squad, all that stuff? It's extremely different. And I think if, you know, you're at home with uh, your pen and paper making your own 53-man roster, like these are rules you have to know because they are going to greatly impact how the Eagles construct their roster this year. It's not just as simple as it's been in past years. Like you have your 53-man, your 12-man uh, practice squad. There's changes. So the Sorry. So still by Saturday at four o'clock, they have to be down to 53 players. After that, they can then sign 16 players to the practice squad. And six of those guys can be veterans of those 16 players two each Sunday can be moved up to the roster. So you essentially have a 55 man roster on Sunday and that you then put down, I believe it's to 48 players that are actually active. So there's a lot of ways to go about this. And the other huge part of it, and is especially noteworthy for the Eagles since they have so many injuries, injured reserve this year is just three weeks. So if you put a guy on, if you, if you carry him through the 53, if you put him on IR prior to the 53, he's out for the year. But let's take Jalen Rager as an example. If they think Jalen Rager is going to be out the first three games of the season, they carry him through to the 53, they put him on IR afterwards, and then they have that roster spot open for three weeks on their roster. So there's going to be a lot of maneuvering. The guys that they keep in their initial 53, to me, are mostly just the guys that they don't think are the guys that they think could get claimed on waivers. Because once you get these guys through waivers, you could bring them on practice squad. Uh, they're essentially on the roster for all intents and purposes. So I, I think that there's going to be a lot more maneuvering post roster cuts than there normally is. Okay. All right. Let's dive into it. And, and that all makes a lot of sense. And it's going to be really interesting to see teams and how they use these. It's a fascinating point about the 53, maybe more being about who you can, who you think you can't get through and all that type of stuff. I think that's really interesting stuff. Okay. Let's dive in. We're going to go position by position. Elliot has made his 53 man roster prediction. So if you want to, like Elliot said, get your pen out and make 53, pause the podcast right now and get out your 53 Make your predictions. We'll wait for you. Okay, we're back. Elliot, uh, let's dive into this 53-man roster. I think a few of these we can kind of breeze through, but some of these are going to be like a, a bit more of a discussion. I think clearly starting at quarterback, you think they're only keeping three, I would assume. We have not really heard much about a single other name this this whole no. training camp period. Yeah, it's going to be three. It's going to be Carson, Nate Sudfeld, Jalen Hurts. Um, I do think you'll nice see- Nice and easy. Yeah, nice and easy. I do think you'll see Kyle Laletta added to the practice squad. I do think they'll end up having a fourth quarterback like in their possession just because, obviously, of the COVID situation. I think if it wasn't for that, they would they would not. But I do think they'll be adding a fourth quarterback onto the practice squad once they make initial cuts. But uh, the three that they are going to keep are obviously Carson, Nate, and uh, Jalen Hurts. All right, that was an easy one. Running back's a little more interesting because I think we all know that Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and, and Corey Clement, I would say, are, are locks for the roster do they keep a fourth Elliot I don't think they do and the reason is is because of of the waiver wire so the guys that you I think the fourth running back would be Elijah Holyfield that is the guy that they've given the most reps to it's the guy that's gotten first team work with Miles Sanders and Boston Scott out and honestly he's been getting like more work than Corey Clement has over the last week I do wonder if that's just because they know they're going to keep Corey but just over the last week, he has looked like a better part of the a better player and a bigger part of the roster than Corey has. But I still think they go with three, and then you put Elijah Holyfield, um, Michael Warren, and Adrian Killens on practice squad. I think all three definitely get through waivers. I guess maybe Holyfield and Killens would be the only ones that would have a chance to get claimed. But 
I, I think they would they'll all comfortably make it through. And I think because of both the injuries you have at receiver and also just because of how young these guys are, you'll end up keeping more at receiver. And then a, a, the way to do that is to go light at running back, especially when Miles is going to be getting the majority of the touches. Boston's a clear-cut number two. Like You really don't need four or five on the active roster, especially with the way the practice squad's constructed now. So I think keeping three running backs is a fairly easy decision for them. Oh, I like that. All right. And generally, you know, look, they have gone four in the past um, more consistently than not. So that would be an interesting change. The one guy I'll follow up on, Killens. We didn't, you mentioned Holyfield a lot, but Killens also has been seeing work returning kicks and stuff like that. Is that the type of thing that could maybe squeak him onto the roster? Or do you think they feel comfortable with other guys doing that as well? Well, without so Rager, obviously, here. Right. Too. So with Rager, Rager was the one that was doing it. Obviously, now he's hurt. Now, I, I still think you'd see Killens as like a practice squad guy that then gets moved up on game day until Rager's healthy or a practice or a guy that they cut initially and then sign him back while Rager's on IR and then you release him when Rager is healthy. Like, I, I just I don't think Killens gets claimed on waivers. So I think they'd rather have the flexibility to do something with him afterwards than to put another guy on on waivers that they would potentially get claimed okay uh so i'm assuming that moving on to wide receiver if you only have three wide receivers do you have them keeping seven or three running backs do you have them keeping seven wide receivers that's something we talked about last week which is something i don't think i've ever seen the eagles do i don't think i've ever seen them go seven we've seen them go six we've seen them go five I think they might have even one year a few years back started out with four and then added but yes but seven yeah. is right seven is uh is a leap do you see them keeping seven i do i have seven on there so then Boom. basically you have 10 running backs and basically i think the running backs and receivers are going to add up to 10 whether it's four running backs six receivers right. i don't think there's no way they'll go lower than six receivers it's really a question of just seven so you have deshaun jackson jalen Rager. they'll both make it through the 53-man, obviously. Uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is going to make it through. Greg Ward is going to make it through. So Quez Watkins is kind of interesting. Like, I think he makes it through the 53, and then they may might add him to IR. But if you just view him as not really ready, if you view him as a guy that, you know, you're, you just don't think has a role for him, maybe you put him on IR initially so you don't risk putting him on waivers. But I think the easiest thing to do is just to keep him through the 53. John Hightower is a lock as well. I think he's going to have a role on the team in week one. Uh, you know, he, he told the media this week he actually grew up two minutes from FedEx and a seven-minute walk. So that will be pretty cool for him to uh, to go play, you know, week one that game there. But And then Deontay Burnett is definitely – I think he's definitely going to make the team. He's had outstanding training camp. I think he might get claimed on waivers just because he has a little more experience in the NFL. I think you like there's like an 80% chance you do get him through the waivers, but I just don't think it's worth risking it. The The team made getting younger at receiver priority. They made getting faster at receiver, a receiver priority. So to risk these guys, like why would you risk Burnett over Holyfield or Michael Warren or Adrian Killens? Like, Burnett is more important to you now because of the regular injury, but I also think he's more likely to get claimed. So I would keep him on my initial 53, and that's kind of how I would distribute the the 10, the 10 guys. Three running backs, yeah. seven receivers. And a more valuable position. I mean, flat out, wide receiver yeah. over running back. That makes a lot of sense. And look, it, you know, it's not just you. Everyone who's been down to practice has talked about how good Deontay Burnett has looked. Mike Quick was on the show with us the other day and was – basically sounded like you talking about Deontay Burnett and how good this guy's been and how impressed they've been with him and how he's going to have a role on this team. Uh, I'm with you. I, I, I would find it. And again, this is why you doing the 53 is so valuable for us because you've been down there, you've seen them and stuff, but from the outside, 
I've, I would find it hard to believe that they would not put Deontay Burnett on the roster just based on everything we've heard yeah. from all the people who've been down there. And, and I mean, look, I think when it comes to gauging receivers, there's probably no two better people in the city than Mike Quick and me. So I'm happy to see that we're on the uh, <laughs> happy to see we're on the same page there about that. Yeah. What's Jordan Matthews up to these days? Eh, you know what? One of the most <laughs> successful runs in receiver history on the team. So I'll, uh... Uh, it's true. It's true. Hey, all I know is Deshaun Jackson's going to light it up for me week one in the WIP. Yeah, it's your fantasy league. team, man. Yes. We'll, well talk about I that got, later. Yeah. I, I got, I got a prominent eagle as well. I'll save that. You do. Yes, yeah. you do. And uh, we'll get to it later, but just wait. It's exactly the eagle you thought it would be. All right. Uh, actually, you have two uh, who I would have thought you would have. All right. Let's uh, – Let's move on. Um, tight end. Uh, obviously, we know Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard are going to be on this team. Um, the Josh Perkins injury made this thing a lot more interesting. How do you see the the third, fourth? How do you see this tight end thing shaking out? So I, like I, all right, they're definitely going to keep Ertz and Goddard clearly, and then uh, I think Noah Tong- Tongiai is going to be the third. The question would be like. Are you willing to risk him to waivers? Because if you, I don't think he gets claimed going through. I think there's probably like a 10% chance. But if you don't think there's a big difference between him, Caleb Wilson, and uh, uh, Daryl Swoops that they signed, then basically those three guys, you just cut them all and then you bring back whoever you can out of the three. It wouldn't surprise me if maybe that was where it is. But I also think like they made Noah a priority free agent, uh, undrafted free agent. They gave him a little bit of money. Um, you know, you don't know what the what the future is with Zach Ertz and really even Dallas Goddard. So maybe you decide you don't want to risk it. But I think he is the the guy they would prefer to keep. So I've actually kind of just talked myself into maybe only putting two tight ends on the roster and going heavy to other positions. But uh, I think they do keep three. Yeah, I would lean that way too, especially with we're, we're about to talk about the alignment. We've spent uh, this uh, this training camp talking about the offensive line more than any other position group for good reason, obviously, as we've talked about. But I think that you could see whether it's Goddard or I'm not even going to try and say his name, Togiai. Um, Noah, no, I think it's Tongiai. Noah Tongiai. Tongiai. Okay, regardless, Tongiai. Um, I think you could see those guys used in blocking situations more. I know Richie's talked a lot about Dallas Goddard having to stay in and, and be more of a blocking presence because of the O-line. So mm-hmm. I, I think – you know, with the potential that that could, you know, potentially the injury, this and that, I, I agree with you. I think, I think they'll have three tight ends on the roster. Um, and, and at this point it's like, who else would it be? Right. Um, right. all right, let's get, let's get to the linemen. <laughs> this has been the, you know, we've talked so much about them, uh, break it up however you want tackles, guards, centers. We know Jason Kelsey is going to win the team. We know Lane Johnson's going to be on the team. We know Jason Pierre is going to be on the team. We know Isaac Small is going to be on the team. And I think we're pretty sure Matt Pryor is going to be on the team at yeah. this point. Uh, where do you go after that? How many well, do they keep and who are they? If it was up to you, Jason Pierce wouldn't be on the team. So we should. We should I didn't that. go that but. far. I said I'd rather that than pay him at this point. But I do think, to be fair, just to. I think that the idea of cutting him is crazy. Like you, Carson Wentz's health is more important to me than making a statement with Jason Peters. I just hate Jason Peters. That, that's yeah. where I'm at. I it's a real shame. I hate you turn a visceral like hate. That. Yeah. yeah, me. The, everybody has. Like, does no, anybody know, like this guy? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, no, it's very shame. sad. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> so, just so, tell me about the offensive lineman. All right, Elliot. Well, the funny thing is on my roster prediction here, I still have Jason Peters down as a tackle, but I guess I should move him back over to <laughs> yeah. the offensive guard portion of it. Uh, so he's made that switch twice well, now. Well, if you didn't know, Douglas, he's, 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 he's set at guard. Him and Jason are working yeah, great together. I mean, yep. how, how could you possibly move him to left tackle? What a crazy thought. 
All right. So like you said, Peter, Sayamalu, Lane, Kelsey, Mylotta, um, not Mylotta, sorry, Matt Pryor. Pryor. Yeah. So those guys are locks. That's five. Um, Andre Dillard, Doug said, is going to go on IR. So, you know, you wouldn't include him. I think he would be placed on that relatively soon. Um, Jack Driscoll, definitely a lock. Whether or not he factors into their game day plan, we'll see. But I don't think they're going to release him. So he's a lock. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six right there. Um, Jordan Mailata, I don't think has, like, earned the right to make the team. I think that if Dillard doesn't get hurt, is not on the roster. But at this point, you have so many questions to tackle. He has taken a ton of reps for you this camp. You've played him at both right and left tackle. Now, I don't know if he's played either position well, but he's at least lined up there quite a bit. Um, I would not feel comfortable putting him on the field, but I do think he ends up on the, on, on the roster. So that's seven right there. Oh. Yeah. So I mean, next- just the, just the, the clipping that sentence out, I do not feel comfortable putting him on the field, but he's going to end up on the roster. It's just like a, a nice symbol of where we're at with this offensive line. Not you know, great. You know how they make it at the end of the year, like those NFL season like packages or like the half hour on NFL Network? Sure. That, yeah. that, that could be the name of the Eagles yearbook right there. <laughs> Don't feel comfortable putting him on the team, but I think he's on the, on the field, but I think he's on the roster. <laughs> It's terrific. Um, all right. The next three, you have Prince Tega Winoga. Uh, he's a late round pick. I don't think they cut him. Like, again, it's a, it, like you're going to hear me bring up waivers a lot, but that's really what this is all about. He's a guy that some people felt could have been a third round pick if not for health concerns. The Eagles took him. You'll have known at this point he made it through camp healthy. He plays a premium position. Last year, you saw uh, someone that was cut by the Eagles. I can't remember his name. He played for the Army. They signed him. And then he was claimed on waivers by the Cardinals. So I do think you see that position more uh, than uh, What was the name? It was Matt something maybe or whatever. I know the guy you're talking about. Yes, or Brent right. something. something yes, like Brent. That. Brett something. Yeah, Brett something, whatever. Anyway. I'll, I'll Google Brett something Arizona Brett Cardinals. Toth. Is it Brett, Brett Toth? Toth, or Toth? Yeah, okay. Yes. Yes. So Boom. He, How about that poll right there? Look, I do the receivers. You do the offensive line. That's how we do it. <laughs> that um, yeah, I, I think that Prince makes the team. So that brings you up to eight. The next question, to me, the only other three potential options would be Nate Herbig, Luke Driga, Luke, Luke the undrafted free agent who plays center and guard, and then Suo Opeta. Nate Herbig's been getting a ton of work with the first-team offensive line at both guard spots. He comes in as the sixth offensive lineman when they go heavy, so I think he's going to make the roster. That brings you up to nine. The reason I think they keep Luke Dariga over Suo Opeta is because I think they would care more if Luke got claimed than they would Suo Opeta. And also, now that you have Jason Peters back with the guards, you really don't have a lot of tackles on the roster. So, uh, and, you, and you're pretty deep with interior guys. So, like, the value of Suo Opeta is not really there anymore. And I, and I think there's almost no shot Suo gets claimed. So you can add him to the practice squad. So those, those would be my 10. Jason Peters, Isaac Sayamalu, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Jack Driscoll, Jordan Mailata, Prince Tegawanoga, Matt Pryor, Nate Herbig, and the undrafted guy, Luke Dariga. So the 10 guys who will be the failure of the Eagles season. We yeah, just that will, them. It's terrific. Yeah. So on offense, then I have them keeping 10, 13, 20, 26 players on offense. So more players on offense than I have them on defense. Of okay. The well, good. I think they need Actually, as many. Mind. That's exactly 50, 50. Well, yeah, it is. Regardless, they need as many <laughs> bodies as they can get on the offensive side of things. It would appear. Right. Um, so, all right. Uh, defense coming up in a second, but Elliot, as you know, we love to talk about Park Sportsbook and Casino, the app. Uh, we're excited about all the sports going on right now, and we love our home teams. It's all about the home team. But, Elliot, 
That's why we go with the home team and have the home field advantage when it comes to our sports betting app of choice. Our team of Parks Sportsbook and Casino. And Elliot, you can go on the Parks Sportsbook Casino app right now. And I don't know if you know this, but did you know that you can already bet on week one football action, Elliot? Let me throw a couple at you. I'm going to throw a couple of my faves at you. I want you okay. to guess the line, and then we'll see if, if as a result, is a good line. Um, on the Parks Sportsbook and Casino app, the Indianapolis Colts heading to Jacksonville. What would you expect that line to be? I would say the Indianapolis favored six and a half points. It is seven and a half oh, points. Oh, God, I was so close. Very That's good guess. Ten because they didn't get the three points for being on the road. So Exactly. They, yeah. And, yeah. and guess what? I'm laying it on the Colts. Agreed. I think that is I, – I think Jacksonville is about to have the season from hell. And uh, maybe purposefully, love that one. How about this one? Seattle in Atlanta to start the season. We both know how we feel about Atlanta. What would you guess that line to be? I don't think it's going to be as high as the seven that uh, Indianapolis got. I would say Seattle, four and a half. Seattle is only a one and a uh, half point favorite, Elliot. What wow. a bet. Bet on Seattle now before everyone else bets on them because Russell Wilson is going into Atlanta and winning in week one. Um, and all they have to do is so, win, essentially. I mean, let's say win all they have one, to do is, is win. Unlikely. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you one more. I'll give you one more. This Your is fun. Boy. Go ahead. I know. It's a good It's a good game, right? Yeah. Um, and again, Park Sports with Casino app. You can bet on all these games right now, of course, plus so many other things. One more. Your boy, your squad, the Tampa Bay, fighting Tom Brady's, heading into New Orleans. What would you expect that line to be? Hmm. My gut told me pick them, but since it's in New Orleans, I would say New Orleans by two and a half. So close. New Orleans by three and a half. And a half. Three and a half, Elliot. Is there any way Tom Brady's losing his first game in a Bucks uniform? Yes. I think there is. (laughs) All right, well, look, if you think of that, then bet on New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, it's tough. Great at the fans, but still. I kind of like the idea of, of TB heading in New Orleans and taking that first one. Either way, I think it's a close game. I think getting that extra half point for three and a half is actually a pretty nice Those bet are all there. Those good games to bet, by the way. Those are good I picks. I know. Yeah. Thank you, sir. And you can bet on all these at the Parks Sportsbook Casino app. It's the only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in the whole state of Pennsylvania. The Parks Casino Sportsbook app. Bet with the best. Here's how you do it. You sign up now and you get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Just go to the app store, download the app, or go to parkscasino.com slash PA. That's P-A-R-X casino.com slash PA. And use the promo code GOBIRDS. Yes, G-O-B-I-R-D-S, GOBIRDS, to get your risk-free bet of up to $500. The website has all the details. Your risk-free bet is refunded on your loss as a free bet. Of course, you must be 21 and present in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Elliot, week one football is so close. I'm so yeah, ready, so, man. I was going to say, like, if there's any time of the year where you want to take advantage of that Go Birds promo on Parks Casino, like, it's week one. Like, it's already it's very exciting. Football's back. Like, imagine, like, you watch the, you know, you watch the Eagles at 1 o'clock. You hope Carson went, Carson went to make it out live. And then the later games come, and you're just as excited because you have that $500 free bet. So, Literally, this is the week to do it. Go Birds, Parks Casino app. Like, go get that money. Let's all win. Let's all win this Boom. week. Boom.
And we can all do it together with parts. Yeah, we can all do it together. It's fun to do things. Beautiful thing. It's fun to do things together. And I will say, Elliot, you did a very good job on Guess the Lines there. Maybe we'll we'll bring that back. I think that's going to be a new thing we're going to do. Yeah. I I enjoyed that. It's a fun one. Shout out to Bill Simmons, who's the originator of that that bit. But... um, yeah, well, it's a good one. We'll definitely bring it back. The part is I remember I would listen to that all the time, and he would they would have to record it like you know Sunday at 2 a.m. Yep, they, yep, like, because they didn't want to see the lines. It's yeah, a great one. Here's the thing. I just won't see the lines. Like I just <laughs> no, won't. So, it won't, we, we will never have that problem. Yeah, you won't have that problem. Yeah, but. It's a beautiful thing. Um, all right, let's get to the defense because, um, I mean, the way this is kind of shaking out to start the season, I don't know about you, Elliot, but it feels like this, this defense is going to have to really not – carry this team per se but this defense is gonna have to be good for this team to have a chance with the amount of injuries and issues that they're dealing with on that offensive line like you'd need this defense to come to play so let's get into it uh let's start with the d line i don't know if you want to break it up by dn and d tackle however you feel is the best way to do it but um i think we know some guys who are going to make the team we know you know fletcher and malik and Brandon Graham and, and Barnett and, you know, Hargraves hurt, but he'll be there. But but how do you see this whole D-line situation shaking out? It's certainly a, a, a portion of the team that needs to show up. Yeah, so I let's look at defensive ends first. Um, this is one of the toughest positions, I think, on the team to figure out just because you do have your locks. Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, Josh Wett, they're 100% going to make the team. Vinny Curry, I think like 90%. I think he probably would get claimed going through waivers. Um, so I think they keep him. So you think those four are basically locks. The question is, how many past four do they go, and who are those guys? So Joe Osman, Sharif Miller, Casey Tuhill. Um, so little behind behind the scenes or inside baseball, whatever that phrase is, I can never say. So, inside baseball, that is correct. Yeah, the Eagles beat writers every year do a pool where we all submit our 53-man roster and we have a winner, right? So as, in preparation for that, I've been making a list of players I think are on the bubble, and there's 28 of them. And the way I'm ranking them is by what's, what, what do they have invested in them, right? Like I'm not worrying about who helps them win week one. I'm not worrying about making you sure you keep X amount of whatever position. Just what do they have the most invested in? And that's why with offensive line, I have them keeping Luke Jeriga. At defensive end, I think, is the next position where that really comes into play. Because you look at Sharif Miller, Casey Tuhill, and Joe Osman. I believe Joe Osman would be the player that would make the biggest impact in week one. But he's also an undrafted player that's been in the league for two years and has already torn his ACL. So he's getting through waivers. And they don't have anything really invested in him. So that would be my logic on why I'm not keeping Joe Osman. That brings it to Sharif Miller and Casey Tuhill. Sharif Miller, fourth-round pick in 2019. Casey Tuhill, seventh-round pick this year. I think there's a chance either could get claimed. But of those two, they just drafted Casey Tuhill. Even though he was a later draft pick, they did just draft him. I think he looks more ready to contribute right now. I think he's a better set of pass rusher moves. I think Sharif Miller has been better against the run. But this is about getting after the quarterback. You have good defensive tackles for the run, and Brandon Graham is super against the run already. So I have them keeping five. I have them keeping Casey Tuhill. And then at this point, I don't really think they care if Sharif Miller or Joe Osman get claimed. Wow. I think you just sign. You know, Ideally, you sign them both the practice squad, but if you lose one of them, you lose one of them. I think of the three, they'd be most upset by losing Casey Tuhill. So I have them keeping him as the fifth defensive end. I think that's – first of all, I think that is the right way to build your 53-man prediction Thank i think you. that's the way the I, I i think it's the way the eagles do business we've talked about it with howie roseman how many times have we talked about this where he's kept guys over other guys because of the investment they made in yes. them whether it's draft capital or whatever I, I think you're right to do that um 
that that is what makes me think that you know I would maybe open my eyes a little wider if Sharif Miller's not on the roster. But you know, Casey Tool they invested a draft pick in as well. I think that's going to be an interesting one. I I think it could be either of those guys. I haven't been around to see him play, but I think I I'm always surprised if Howie moves on from a fourth round pick a year later. Um, and I know they moved on from Clayton Thorson after the draft last year. It's an pump, right? situation. Um, but yeah, it took him a, a, a what a year to get rid of pump. A year, but, yeah. I mean, yeah. Matt Collins, they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sheldon Gibson was on the roster too long. So uh, I think it's going to be interesting. But if if you say that Tool has been better getting the pass, I do think that matters. So I like that one. Uh, D tackle. We know the three locks. Who's the fourth? Are they going to keep a fourth? Well, the fact that they claimed uh, T.Y. McGill this week was kind of interesting. I still think Hassan Ridgeway is the fourth. Now, he wasn't at practice, or at least he did not practice on uh, Tuesday. So add him to the injury report of guys that were day-to-day with the lower body can we just Can the Eagles injury report just be like a link to their roster on the, yeah. the Eagles? Just say, oh, roster, all right, we're good. So that actually, what the Eagles yearbook is going to be called is day-to-day lower body. That's for sure what it's going to be called. And I'm going to tweet that actually when we stop recording this pod. But (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, I think Hassan Ridgeway is the fourth. I think they go with four. I think, again, the guys behind them. Now, the Hargrave injury and him maybe not playing in week one, and I actually don't think he'll play in week one. I think he might even be an IR candidate once the season begins. But you're not going to cut him, and I don't really think they care of the other guys who they claim – uh, it could be McHill. I mean, you you also just claimed him and he got cut, so I don't think he'll get claimed now. So I think they're going to keep those four. Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, Javon Hargrave, and Hassan Ridgeway. I agree with you there. All right, let's get to the – I mean, I think people might have just fast-forwarded through the whole pod just to get to the linebackers because <laughs> yeah. I think that's that, that's the position group we all care the most about. M- remember the good the old days when all the people were worried about was the fact that they – Do I, Elliot? Yeah. Do I? It was so fun. When, when the linebackers were our biggest issue. All right, uh, what do you think? How many do they keep? Who makes this roster? I think we all know Nate Gary is going to make it. Um, Duke Riley, TJ Edwards. Um, who's past that? So Davion Taylor, third-round pick. He's a lock. Of course, to make. yeah, good yeah. call, good call. Um, so that's four. I, I do think Sean Bradley is a lock to make it. I think that – Please, you know, from your lips pick, to God's ears, yeah, Elliot. Temple, Temple made, proud. Exactly. Um, I still remember when I interviewed Sean Bradley like a month ago, I asked him what his goal for this year was, and he said, make the team. And in my head, I'm like, bro, like you're going to make the team. But I, I think like I'm like 90% sure he's a lot he, that he will make the roster. I think he would get claimed. I think they like him. I think he gets snaps on week one. Um, he can be a good special teams player for him. He's on their first team special teams unit right now. I think Alex Singleton's a guy they'll cut. Nobody will claim him, and he could be dressed on game day, but I don't think he makes a 53-man roster. Okay. Um, I, Sean Bradley better be there. That's that's my new guy. I'm all in. Gotta get you a Bradley. Sean Bradley jersey. Yes, absolutely. Uh, look, I I, te- I have two degrees from Temple, Elliot. Like I am, I am as Temple as they come. Love that dude. Love having a Temple guy on the squad. All in on Sean Bradley. All right, let's get to the secondary. Uh, we'll do the safeties in a second, but cornerbacks a really interesting one because obviously we've talked a lot about Sidney Jones, Rasul Douglas. Will both those guys make it? Who's the backup? We've talked a lot about how many options they have there. Do they keep five? Do they keep six? What do they do? How do you see the cornerback? Obviously, we know Slay, Max. We know we know a few of these guys are locks to make the roster. How do you see this shaking out? All right, so I'm going to need you to talk me through this because I have five cornerbacks and five safeties written down, but I don't really feel good about it, and I think this could be where the beat writer competition is won or lost. So, Ooh, buddy, this is so, high stakes. 
Yeah, so let's go through it. All right, Darius Slay, Avante Maddox, Rodney McLeod, Jalen Mills, Nicole Rolby Coleman, all locks. Will Parks, a lock. I think those guys make it through to the 53. And Kavon Wallace, we can yes, say, is you're a right. lock. You're right. Kavon Wallace is also a lock. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys that we think are, are locks. Now, the next comes down to, I, I think Rasul is a lock. Like, maybe they Ooh. trade him, but I think I do not think they outright release him, especially now with the injury to Avante Maddox. Um, Rasul's had a really good last week of camp. I've seen uh, Jim Schwartz, like, compliment him on plays multiple times. I think he's more of a Jim Schwartz guy than uh, Sydney is. So I'm going to put Rasul on there. That's eight. Craven LeBlanc, do we think he is a lock? Um, uh, a lock. I don't think he's a lock, but I think he makes the team. I do too. Now, I also think the potent, the fact that Will Parks is injured, like, not that Craven was going to do that type of stuff, but I think he could. Like, I could see him stepping into a little bit of what Will Parks did. So, I think he's on the roster. So, the other, then here's the next decisions: Sidney Jones. What do you think? You know where I'm at, brother. You're out. You know on where it. I'm at. I'm right. out on Sydney. Look, I I'm not saying I think that he won't be on the roster. I'm just saying that I expect nothing ever from Sydney Jones in an Eagles uniform. So if he's off the roster, I'm okay with it. I just don't know if if how he's gonna have the stones to do it. All right. So it's basically Sydney or Craig James. Craig James has Jim Schwartz guy written all over him. He made that big play against Green Bay last year. Good special teams player. Uh, had a good training camp. Like, he deserves a spot over Sydney. So it'll probably be Sydney. Yeah, it'll probably be Sydney. <laughs> also, like, Craig James is not going to get claimed if he goes through waivers. Do you exactly. think Sydney gets claimed? I think there's a shot. I, look, if nothing else, I think someone takes a shot on him. Yes, right. I think it's so certainly, cut Sydney, certainly more possible than Craig James. You yeah. cut Sid, you're moving on from him. If you cut Craig James, you can sign him to your practice squad. Uh, the other thing about safety is so Rudy Ford versus Graylin Arnold. Graylin Arnold, the undrafted free agent rookie that they really like. I think they like him more moving forward. Rudy Ford's like a special teams guy. But frankly, I don't even know how good he is at special teams. I think he led the, the team in penalties last year on special teams. So I'm actually going to make a change from what I've written down here. I'm going to cut Rudy Ford. Now the question is, do I add Grayland? Mm. I will add Graylin Arnold onto there. So I'll wow. have Wow. Live Although, changes actually, on the pod. This is exciting. Actually, another change. Scrap that. I'm not going to put Graylin <laughs> Arnold on there. I'm going to put Sidney Jones on there. I just think there's of Grayland Arnold, Rudy Ford, and Sidney Jones, like, and even Craig James. I don't think they should, but I still think they would value Sidney the most. So I'm going to cut Rudy Ford, have him keep six cornerbacks, four safeties. Even though Will Parks is hurt, I think they'll bring up one of them on game day from their practice squad. So I'm going to go at safety. Rodney McLeod, Jalen Mills, Will Parks, uh, Kavon Wallace at safety, and then Darius Slay, Avante Maddox, Roby Coleman, Rasul Douglas, Craven LeBlanc, and Sidney Jones at corner. Done. I think gonna... I think, I think that is – I don't think it's the right decision by the Eagles. I think it is a smart decision by you. I think that I is think the way the they will right? go. Yeah. Okay. I think, again, I think they're going to give Sidney one last final – truly last chance and i think that he's gonna make the roster um yes. so i'm with you there um all right and i do the the rudy ford special teams thing is the one thing that gives me pause about not including him on the roster but i think ultimately and, and the fact that maybe he'd get claimed for that reason by someone but um, yeah, and honestly though like is losing him like a huge no deal? no and yeah. that's right yeah, so i'm with you yeah i'm with you um all right so we know uh jake elliott cameron johnson rick lovato 
That brings it to 53, Elliot. So, so we, you feel good, feel confident. I feel better after talking through that with you and figuring out the Sydney Jones thing. I think that I'm here is for it, buddy. I, yeah, I appreciate that. What well, do you win? What what is the? What, is it just uh, pride? Is it just? Uh, it's really just there, pride. It's really yeah. just pride. Yeah. Who so, is who has won in recent years? Um. So last year it was Bo Wolf of the Athletic. Shout um, out to Bo. Yeah. Props to props to Bo. Who My I former could, coworker. Your oh, former coworker, a guy I could hit a home run off of. We both have <laughs> ties to Bo. No, I'm just kidding. Bo, uh, Bo, Bo does want to pitch to me though. Love so Bo. Maybe, maybe one day. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Bo won it last year. I forget who won it the year before. I think the year before it came down to the practice squad. So we have to submit practice squad as well as ties. Okay. So so you got to practice. Give me, give us your practice squad. And how many men? You said sixteen are going to be on the practice squad this year, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sixteen. So I have this written down. Obviously, there's some changes since I just made some change in my 53 but i have joe and this Austin is also a, a guess based on who actually like you're in when you're doing this too you're guessing who's gonna get through waivers exactly, which is a tough right. thing to do so too. and the other part of this also by the way we did the defensive end position and once again didn't even bring up Jannard avery so really really speaks to where he's at and everyone's mental state of his ability to contribute but my practice squad joe osman Jannard avery michael warren adrian killens I had Dante Olson, but they cut him last week, so I'm now starting to think he won't be back. Uh, Craig James, Alex Singleton, Sharif Miller, Sue Opeta, Kyle Laletta, um, Raekwon Williams, Michael Jaquette, Graylin Arnold, who I did have him keeping, and then Elijah Holyfield. So those will be my 16 guys that I that I keep on there, and that could potentially be the tiebreaker if uh, hopefully you know I come home with the win. I've never it's won. Exciting. I, I'm hopeful this is my year. But me too, man. We are all rooting for you, and we will obviously get an update next week. I want Amazon again, like one to three on Saturday. We're going to be on WIP while this stuff is happening, so you're not going to find a better person to talk about it than Elliot. As I'll be an emotional wreck it. as I see my I can't wait. Come I can't wait. Portion. It's going to be great. All right. Um, we're going to talk about the fantasy draft in a sec, but we got a few Twitter questions I want to get. Anything else on the 53, man, or we feel good with, with where we're at? No, I think I feel good about it. I feel like there's nobody that I don't have on there that I think they value a lot. Like when I look at my practice squad, and I think that's really what it's going to come down to this year, especially when Howie has said in more or less words, this is kind of a rebuilding year. Like not that they're not trying to win, but it's not all in. So I think that they're just going to keep the guys that they don't want to lose. Like those will be the 53 players. I don't think you're going to take into account things like making sure you have an X amount of linemen or making sure you have enough tight ends or stuff like that. You can figure that stuff out. The practice squad gives you enough uh, freedom to do that. So quickly, yeah. uh, one thing I didn't notice Jannard Avery on the practice squad. I, I should have caught that. You think that's the route they'll take with him? Yes, I do. Well, if, that's if, interesting. He's, if he's even willing to come to the practice squad, well, that's what I mean. That's an interesting one right there. I, I forgot. I kind of forgot about him. him. He might. I mean, look, they traded a fourth round pick for him last year. Like someone valued him at something, you know? That's that's true. crazy. That's crazy. Here's what a question: What a should miss! I, what a I, miss! Because Jannard Avery, you can then add to IR once you get him through. So right. should I should I keep Jannard Avery and cut that uh, tight end Noah Tongia? But that's a ballsy move to say two tight ends. Yeah, but but it's really not two tight ends because you could. You're going to move someone up. I I think that's up. something to consider. I think, and if, again, if nothing else, if if they put Jannard Avery, if they if they essentially say, all right, we're not putting him on the 53, and then you know the practice squad in that moment, Howie is saying that I trade a fourth round pick for a guy that didn't even make the 53 man roster the next year. Yes. So all yeah. right, I'm going to keep Jannard Avery on. I'll, I'll play with the numbers, but I, I think, think I'm that's the right him. move. All right, um, let's get some Twitter questions. Um, a few of these we've kind of already gotten to, like uh, 
Ned Maddock on Twitter asked, do they finally cut ties with Sidney Jones? As you know, we we said maybe. We're going to say no, but it's it's certainly more likely than we ever thought at this point. Um, another Sidney Jones question, though, from at Eagles Eyes 317, are the Jets a possible trade partner? Obviously, Joe Douglas was part of the decision to draft Sidney Jones. What do you think about that idea? The question is, if Joe Douglas claims Sidney, does he then wear the like the title of being the guy that liked Sydney? Like, so if you're Howie and you cut oh, Sydney and Joe Douglas claims ah, him, ah, right? Interesting. Like, yes. Like, if you're Howie, you call Joe. You're like, look, man. Like, I know you liked him. Like, give me a conditional fifth, and he's yours. And then, who cares what you get back? What you really get back is that being able to say, yeah, "That was a Joe Douglas." Wasn't pick. my like, pick. It, Oh, this right, is like, this it, is some next level stuff for right? you. I Howie, love this. Howie once again playing chess when everyone <laughs> plays checkers. <laughs> I love that. All right, uh, along this Sydney trade idea, Brandon Symes, NFL, who, who um, did a great job of saying we need you at left tackle in that tweet. Yeah, I, I was wonder if you remembered that, but strong, he, yes, he did the Photoshop. Strong yeah. work. Please keep that stuff coming, Brandon. Um, he wants to know if they could swap Sidney Jones for a backup lineman, uh, you know, instead of for a pick. I mean, that's a interesting idea. Look, you're not going to get anything of value for a guy who most teams know you're on the verge of cutting. Right. I <laughs> mean, yeah, I mean, if you could get a quality backup lineman for Sidney. Try. I would, yeah, I would do that. I think the Eagles would as well. But it's like the, the other, the other part that's really bad about the Eagles having line issues is if we were like talking about the running back position you can find running backs you can find receivers it's yeah, a great you can do all those things but like teams just don't give up good linemen they don't even give up linemen that they i mean jordan mylotta has been on the, in the eagles for two years never even played football so like the idea that you're gonna swap sydney for a competent quality offensive lineman is just i don't think it's gonna happen like the, the position's too valuable it's too hard to find players that are good at them that's why they they make so much money and why Jason Peters is able to say, pay me more to switch. Like, it's just a way more valuable position, especially, yes, upper echelon quarter, cornerbacks do get paid. But especially for a guy like Sidney that hasn't proven anything, he just doesn't really have much value. Yeah, um, that that's where I'm at, too. I just, if you can find a lineman for Sidney Jones, yes, 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 yes. I just don't think that's going to happen. I agree with you. All right, um, another good offensive line here question from Dave L. Uh, 79, looks like. Um, uh I think we know the answer, but my lotter prior at left tackle. Yeah. By the way, sorry. I just realized I had a typo in the uh, rundown. I have LR, not LT. So excellent job by you switching it up at the last. Thank second. you, um, sir. Yeah. I, I, not my first sure rodeo. Out there. Not yeah. My first everyone rodeo. out there knew. That's why you're the one and I'm the two. Um, <laughs> all, right. all right. My lotter prior at left tackle. I'm still going prior. I know he's really struggled at it. I know he's not good at it, at least from what I've seen, but at least, like, I think he brings some level of a floor, whereas Mylotta could get out there and just, like, just be a complete and utter train wreck. Um, I don't feel good with either of them out there, honestly. Like, I would almost rather put Dallas Goddard at left tackle than <laughs> What about Jack Driscoll? Where the hell is this guy, right? A fourth-round pick? I know that's, you know, not well, he's ideal. He's been practicing but... right tackle, oh. which is kind of... Weird. You know, again, Lane Johnson, nine straight missed practices. Oh my but God, um, I can't talk about this offensive line anymore. It's you've made this point a bunch of times, but like, we're not used to not having an offensive line. Like, this is yeah. not cool. I'm not down with this, Elliot. Well, and the other part of it is so since 
you know, there's only like 15 beat writers down there. Like all of the panic from the offensive line, like yes, the Andre Dillard injury, but all of it has come off of just what we've seen in practice, right? No one's seen preseason games. No one has any idea of this offensive line struggling. So sometimes, sometimes I'm like, am I making too much of it? Like is maybe, are they not that bad? But then you watch Josh Sweat get seven, seven sacks in one (laughs) practice. And you're like, okay, like I'm doing, I'm doing good work here saying that they're not doing well because they're they're not. And yeah, it sucks to continually talk about, but it's such a new thing that it's just almost mind blowing to discuss. It really is, man. It really is. All right. Two more, uh, at crane J three eleven. Uh, only the important questions here. Yes. Do you think Howie puts ketchup or mustard on his hot dog? So I can just hear Howie like saying something after a draft, like, you know, like, come on, man. Some people like ketchup. Some people like mustard. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like pepper just on like your baking. sausage. Yeah, exactly. Like vanilla chocolate or whatever it is you yep. said. But um, I think he's a ketchup guy. I, I do think too. Howie, Howie seems like. Seems like, like a ketchup guy. Like, yeah, but I also bet that when Howie eats a catch, he eats a ketchup. When he eats hot dog, he goes like traditional, like ketchup, mustard, relish, all three. I but, am a fan of all three. I think that is the problem. Well. Yeah, people get too hung up on the no ketchup on a on a hot dog. How do you feel about sauerkraut? Love sauerkraut. And I do as well. Yeah, but I look even just ketchup and mustard. I'm good, and people are gonna get mad at this. People get so mad when there is ketchup anywhere near a hot dog. And I agree, ketchup alone on a hot dog, not great. That is not the move. You need the mustard. It's the combo that we're, we're going to get killed for this, by the way. People, people What's care. The ketchup? People like, care I, I think, way too much about ketchup on a hot dog. It's like a thing for people, and it doesn't make any sense. I think to me. it's fine. Like if I if I was eating a hot dog, and by the way, I got a pretzel hot dog this week. I was Ooh, driving to practice. Sounds amazing. Yeah, I, was, I was driving to practice. I kid you not, James. I probably thought for roughly 45 minutes, whether or not I should buy this pretzel hot dog. Like, <laughs> I totally believe it. I even With you, house, I totally believe I'm it. Like, I'm, like, I'm like, should I do it? Should I not do it? I was in the turn lane. I made the U-turn, and then even then, I almost decided not to do it. And then I ultimately ended up buying two, because I was like, if I'm going to get one, I might as well okay. just get two. I love that move right there. Yeah, because just, just... Yeah. I know after the one, I'll just feel like unsatisfied. So I had to go with, with the two. But... um. I forget where I was going with this. Oh yeah, hot dogs. Like, if I'm going to have a hot dog, like I'd rather have ketchup on it than nothing. Just flat out. Like, why would I not? I agree with that. I agree. I would rather have ketchup alone than nothing. But like, ketchup and mustard is the move, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Okay. All right. And uh, last question, which will lead us into our final thing, is we will quickly hit on the WIP fantasy draft, which was a lot of fun last night. But we actually got a fantasy question. Amazing, Aaron. Is Greg Ward a good fantasy candidate this year? This actually came up during the draft last night when he was drafted. What do you think? By Joe Giglio. By I believe Joe it was Gilio. Joe Giglio that took him, right? I believe so. Um, so we play in a PPR league. Exactly. So, you know, I'd imagine most leagues are that nowadays. But, like, uh, I think he'll catch four or five balls a week. And so, you know, if you figure that's four or five points there, I don't I don't think he'll get a ton of touchdowns. I don't think in the red zone he'll really be a, a threat. And I also don't think he's going to score a lot of long plays. So I think he's a guy that will get you, like, nine or ten points each week. Or, or I guess actually, how how's it work? It's for, it's a point for a catch, and then how do the yards work? It's like <laughs> can't wait to have you in the fantasy league, Elliot. Yeah, uh, it's, <laughs> one, it's one point every ten yards, or depending on what type of league you're in. If you're in a good league that plays with decimal points, what they should, it's a it's a point one per yard essentially. Well, I'm looking at our our draft results now, and apparently I got a C, and you got uh, uh, only one only one given out. Only yeah. A given You were the out. only person to get an A. This yeah, guy. that's true. I know. It actually Which made is... me feel worse about my team because I feel like those draft grades never pan out. 
Yeah, last year I got in the league that I was in. I got a C, and I ended up coming in second place. Yeah, exactly. I'm great about my team. All right, let, let's go over the teams quickly. Yeah, I'm pretty psyched about my team, team too. I feel, especially considering I this is by far and away, like not even close to the least amount of draft prep I've ever done. As in, I did nothing this year, and I've never done truly nothing before. I'm actually really psyched about my team. Well, to be you fair, I just asked you how many points you get for a yard. So I think we all know who <laughs> that is. I don't need to do prep to know how fantasy works. Yeah. All right. Question. <laughs> yes. Who is your quarterback? We'll go bit by bit. So I have Tom Brady, but I also have Josh Allen. So I took two quarterbacks in like the uh, eighth and 11th rounds or whatever. I couldn't believe Josh Allen was still sitting there. I almost took him ahead of Brady because he's ranked higher and he runs and all that. But I just couldn't bring myself to take Josh Allen over Brady. Yeah. And then I got both. So I'm pretty psyched about that. All right. I got Cam Newton, who is definitely hit or miss for sure. But last year I took Lamar Jackson and he was also hit or miss last year. And he basically carried me to second place. Yeah, I would think. I think Cam has the potential to do the same thing. I think he's going to run a lot. I think that New England's going to win that division. So they're going to be good. And I think he's going to put up a lot of points in that regard. So I feel very good about Cam Newton as like, Four weeks in, everyone's going to be like, oh, man, I wish I had Cam. And I'm going to be sitting here like, well, bad news. I already took him. Now, my backup quarterback, I took Joe Burrow. And I literally <laughs> only it. picked him because did you see the picture that went viral of him this weekend? No. Was he gorgeous in it? Yeah. He, he looks like like I've never been more positive in my life. Somebody's going to be a franchise quarterback. And so I drafted him simply based off of that. That is Strong work by you. I actually really like Joe Burrow as a, as a late round yeah. upside guy. Um, all right, who let let's let's rattle through. Give me give me the rest of your starting lineup. We'll just go starting lineup. Okay. Starting lineup. All right, DeAndre Hopkins, Terry McLaurin, love him in week one. Miles yeah. Sanders, money where my mouth is. Well there done. That was I the took one. Him. First pick, number nine overall. Took him over Dalvin Cook. I feel good about Miles Sanders. Le'Veon Bell, who I hate with a burning passion after the way Which, he screwed. Joe, so everyone team. knows we were on a Zoom call. It was basically everyone in the league except I think like Richie and Tucker. So it was like Ike Reese and DeCamera. And and, uh, oh, and Marks wasn't on it as well. But like Ike was on it. DeCamera. Joe DeCamera being on the Zoom and none of those other guys is is a, a, a sh they, shame all of them yes, for not coming agreed. on when Joe DeCamera came on. Um, you know, Fritz was there. We were all there. And on the Zoom call, Elliot's like, oh, God. Should I take Levy and Bell? I hated him last year. And then like 10 seconds later, he's like, I'm taking Levy and Bell. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. Levy and Bell, Rob Gronkowski. Love that pick. I think he's going to end up being a steal. I drafted Leonard Fournette. And yes, I could see why now that looks like not a great pick. But it really, I think if he signs with the right team, could be a real steal. Especially if he goes somewhere where he can be that number one back. I, I think that's going to be a good pick by me. And then Latavius Murray kind of like, if uh, the Alvin Kamara stuff doesn't work out. I like it. I like, uh, I think you'll be all right. Uh, I think the uh, Fournette one is going to be important for you. You need him to sign somewhere where he's yes. going to get, going to get him, work. Him and Cam are going to decide my season. Yeah, in my I agree. Um, I Brady, uh, I got uh, Josh Jacobs and Austin Eckler as my two running backs. I'm very, very excited about that. I think Josh Jacobs year one to year two is going to be a monster. And they're going to yeah, run, that him, could be big for run you. him into the ground. And Eckler in a PPR league is just a, a monster, especially. He was a monster with Melvin Gordon there for half the season last year. Without him, he was even better. Um, I'm pretty psyched about Eckler, especially with them saying they're going to go with Tyrod Taylor. I think that's really good for Eckler as opposed to the rookie. Um Juju and Robert Woods is my receivers. Steady, easy. Juju was a, t a first round pick last year and got him in the third round this year. I think that he fell too far, especially with Ben coming back. 
Um, and then I got Devin Singletary and then Devontae Parker as my flex guys. Love Singletary. Love Parker. Also have Deshaun, who I can pop in there. Certainly will do that for week yeah. one. And then tight end I, is the spot where I just waited on. I got Blake Jarwin and Greg Olson, and I'm going to hope that one of those two guys is, is good. But I feel pretty solid about my team. I'm pretty psyched, Elliot. Yeah, Deshaun, I think, is, is a good pick. I think he could get a lot of targets, especially, like, obviously why he's healthy early on. So I do think that was a good pick. You got him late, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right? I, I, and, and he was ranked, like, even later than that on Yahoo. It was really strange how far it was down. But, yeah, I got him in, you know, uh, 12th round, something like that. It was a while. It was deep. In a 14-team so, league, by the way. We should let everyone know this is a 14-team league. So the yes. teams aren't quite as stacked as you normally see with the 10 or 12-teamer. So you got the best, the best one. You got the A. Uh, Turtle got A minus. The only people that got a worse score than me: John Marks, Tucker, and Jack Keffer. Yeah, Jack Keffer certainly. When they posted the, I think they tweeted out the first eight rounds from the WIP account. He got ripped. Jack Keffer was getting murdered. It was like people were like, "Oh, I like this, I like that team," and everyone was like, "Jack's team's horrible. Jack's team's horrible. Jack." So. We'll oh, see. Well, that's probably a good sign. WIP, Jack. And, that, yeah, and honestly, to... that's usually the kind of thing where when you look back at the end of the season, it's like, oh, the, the team that we – I always think about this. So I'm in an auction league. I have my draft on Thursday night for my auction league. So obviously, you know, another level to it, you're, you're, you know, if you have a budget and you're drafting players based on dollars and you're bidding against right. people. And it's just – it's like not just picking of four guys in spot. You could have anyone theoretically. It's about budgeting. It's a lot – it's another like level of difficulty, so to speak. There was a guy one year in that auction league who didn't show up for the draft, forgot about it, had and and there's a difference between auto drafting on snake draft, where again it's just picking between multiple people, and an auto draft at an auction, which is a complete and total disaster because the computer doesn't a draft for uh, inflation and all these types of things. So it ends up yeah. just being like you don't get anybody. You end up just paying a lot of money for guys at the end of the draft who no one wanted and and paying way more than they are because you have the money. That guy ended up winning the league somehow. So fantasy football ah. is is the the quintessential what you think you have on draft day doesn't mean that's what you have at the end of the year type of thing. It's embarrassing for you guys. It was it was embarrassing for all of us. We all could, it was it was a devastating turn of events. It really it really got to my core, Elliot. But I'm over it. Well, hopefully that's the case this year with me. And we're talking I, talking about me getting the, hey, the dub. I'm rooting for it, buddy. If if I, if it ain't me, I want it to be you. How about that? Appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, I don't know if I feel the same way, but I guess I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, uh, yeah. Thanks, buddy. Very kind. Uh, all right. We'll be back later in the week uh, with some uh, over-unders. We're going to finish those out this week, our NFL season preview. And then Saturday, again, 1-3 to three on Saturday. We'll be there as the Eagles cuts are happening, as they're going down. It's going to be a really yes. fun show. Join us. Listen online. Of course, call in. Uh, when we're on two on five five nine two ninety four ninety four, um, and uh, we'll be back later in the week. E, this was a blast, buddy. Yep, I'm excited for this weekend. Excited to, uh, I mean, a week from basically today we have football since most people probably listen to this on Thursday. So <laughs> oh, we are buddy. we are right there. We are right there. Let's go. He's Elliot. I'm James. We'll see you guys later.